when somebody's bored or confused, that's actual feedback. Hmm. Everything yeah, else that's is interesting. Bored or confused. Everything else is going to be their opinion. Welcome to You Are a Storyteller with Brian McDonald and Jesse Bryan. This program is produced in Seattle, Washington by Belief Agency. On this week's episode, we discuss feedback. How do you give good feedback? How do you determine what good feedback is? Stay tuned as we dive in. We haven't recorded in a while, but last week, the last episode people saw, we talked about success. And so we figured, let's kind of follow up with that um, with another really hard one. Okay. Right? Um, and these are more philosophical conversations, right? And so I don't think there's a as much of a right answer. It's more of like, well, how would you, how do you handle this, Brian? Um, and how have you seen other people handle it? Uh, today, we're going to talk about feedback, right? And I think it's one of those things, similar to success, I think it's one of those things where you go, oh, that's pretty straightforward to talk about. It's like, no, when you actually dig into it and think about like, how do you take feedback? Right. How do you figure out what's the right feedback to take and stuff to throw back, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's extremes in every one of these scenarios. Right. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, how to at least think about it philosophically, like, okay, how does feedback work? And what are some great approaches to be able to take and implement feedback or knowing when to not take certain kinds of feedback? Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. So when I just say the word feedback, right, mm-hmm. what's your gut reaction to just that word? Actually, my gut tightens. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It does. Mm-hmm. Why? Plenty of people would tell you that that's true of me. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, um, because more often than not, you're going to get somebody's, you know what people don't say when they give you feedback? If I were doing this, I would do it this way, hmm. but that's what they mean. And that's not helpful. What's helpful is let me help you do what you're trying to do. Hmm. Are you trying to do this? Well, then that's not working. Right. So can you give me an example just to help me understand? <clears throat> well, I mean, if you were writing Schindler's List and somebody read it and they went, this is not funny at all. Mm-hmm. You need more jokes. Yeah. Right? You'd go. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, no, there's no, no, there's no jokes. Yeah. Well, comedies are big and it's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. So, but if you were writing Schindler's List and you had too many jokes. I don't know who yeah. wrote that script. Right. But then the note of, well, are you trying to make me feel something deep here? Because there's too many, it's too light. Right. Well, that's a real note. You can use that. Right. You might not take it. People don't. You right. Know, but it's a real note. Um, Like, for instance, I know that on um, the new pilot just wrote, We've gotten feedback from at least one person who was like, oh, I realized this thing early on. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, I know that I wanted you to realize that. Yeah. Right? A few people gave that kind of feedback. Yeah. Right? right. And, but you were like, but that was intentional. Right. Right. And so for you, I'm assuming that's feedback that isn't that helpful because it's just, it's pointing out what you did on purpose. Yes. One thing though, that I can take away from it is if enough people are saying it, usually it, for me, it's three people. If three people, if one person says it, well, that's just the way they feel. You don't have any, yeah. right? Um, unless it rings true. Sometimes good feedback rings true. You're like, I thought I could get away with this. Right. <laughs> right. But it's not playing for one reason or another. Yeah. But I did want this thing to be, um, 
I did want to telegraph this thing. It's not a big surprise or something at the end of this story. There's something I must have done wrong about how I telegraphed it because I did it subtly enough that people thought they were figuring it out. Yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted them to see. Right. So because I've gotten that feedback, it's not, they, they, I think what they think is, oh, you should reveal that this is at the end. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think it gets as much mileage out of the story as people mm-hmm. think. It gets you something at the end, but um, often you can you can put something up top or in the middle that um, enhances the stuff that comes afterwards. Right. That's the Hitchcock stuff. Yeah. So I- w- I Tell them I, there's a bomb under the seat. Right? right. So what I have to do is instead of letting people figure out there's a bomb under the seat, right, yeah. which is what I'm doing now, I should just say, there's a bomb under the seat. Gotcha. I'm not trying to hide it from you. I'm not trying right. to get, you know, uh, I think so in that way, the feedback is useful to do what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Right. So when you, when you talk about the three people, I think that's really interesting that you, you have to, you, you kind of go like, well, I give it to three people I trust or whatever. Mm-hmm. I give it to yeah. 10 people I trust. If three of them say, I had a hard time understanding the mom, whatever, mm-hmm. was sad that her daughter was going to school, whatever. Yeah. That's when you kind of go like, okay, well, the first two, I thought maybe it was opinions, but the third makes me go, maybe is there a stronger way to do this? Right. How'd you even get to that kind of number? The reason I ask is because when Billy Wilder talked about how like an individual, whatever audience member might be an idiot, right? Right. But he said like, in as an, uh, yeah, as an uh, audience, they're a genius. Right. Can you talk about what do you think he meant by that? I think an audience... An audience is a real is a real community, and the audience is the audience isn't intellect is not intellectual. The audience is feeling something, right? So if you show a theater, a movie, and a th- like it's one thing if the, you're like you made Die Hard and you're showing Die Hard, and you show it to one person, yeah, right. You show it to one person, they're liable <clears> to say, "I don't know about this guy," and uh, yeah, right. But if you show it, why to do you have to be a cop? And right. Like, well, there's reasons, but but because yeah. they're in their head. Yeah, but once people are in an audience experiencing the emotions all at once, uh, they they get past the intellectual and they're working really from their gut and their heart, and I think that that's more accurate. As and to so that's why the audience, I think, so. can kind of snip things out. I think so. What about when it comes to who do you show your work to, and at what stage? Like, do you have any any principles about like I don't show people until it hits X, you know? maturity date like right. or do you show it drafts in the middle like what what's your what's your philosophy on even like when to show those people that you do trust i uh when i was young i used to uh talk through stories with people and try to figure it out and see what was working and some people give that advice oh you should do that i can't do that anymore um mostly because mostly because for me the telling is then done and then and then it takes the air out of the balloon for me it takes the energy out yeah so i keep it bottled up so i have a need to tell it and need to write it down gotcha right so that energy is kind of pushing it forward yeah otherwise i've told it i've seen yeah. people respond to it right whereas guys like disney that's exactly what he did right, right? he would yeah, come well, in and they said that he'd do every character and top to bottom then maybe that's what gave him the energy Sure. Whereas you're like, no, I want to hold on to it. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing you say. Like, I want to hold on because that makes me want to write it even more. Right. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. So for me, that's what I do. So people th- sometimes say, what are you working on? Oh, I'm a thing. You know, and they uh-huh. think I, well, if you don't want to tell me, it's like, it's not that it's for me. Yeah. I need to hold on to it. Yeah. Um, but also, um, for me anyway, I don't, because I don't really do drafts. Yeah. Right. I may do a polish, right? Oh, this didn't make Why don't sense. you do drafts? Uh, that's just a dyslexic thing, right? I just do the drafts essentially in my head, I think. And then I write it down when it's right. I might try every, I don't need to do that so much anymore, but I essentially can very quickly try all the options. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? You're just trying tumblers on a lock. It clicks and you go, well, I know when I write it, it will just follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a polish sometimes. Um, and maybe there's a scene that isn't clear or something like that. I mean, I guess you could call it a draft or maybe it's half a draft, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not a full on draft. Like I don't start with a page one rewrite and do another draft. I don't, I can't do that. Yeah. So, um, so I don't do drafts. So when I show something, I know people like to give feedback. I'm not into it. Mm. I'm not into it. I, by the time I write it down. I like what I've written down. And uh, one, one place I read somebody say, and I found this to be true. When somebody's bored or confused, that's actual feedback. Hmm. Everything that's else is interesting. Bored e- or confused. Everything else is going to be their opinion. Hmm. Right. And that I found that to be true. So those are the two things. Yeah. You look people for. are bored, bored or, con- or confused. Yeah. Right. Now, do you set that up? You're like, hey, I'm sending this to Juliet, right? Mm-hmm. I trust her. She's a great writer. Hey, let me know when you're bored and confused. No, like, I do don't you tell that, that. Or you just say, here's the script. Give me your thoughts. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't... I show people things I'm I'm proud of. People feel compelled to give notes. I'm not usually very interested in people's notes. And people think that that's... But I'm not. I don't... It, it's I, one of the first things I learned mm-hmm. um, from Bruce Walters, my mentor. One of the first things I learned is whenever you show anyone, so we'd work on these commercials and stuff, and he'd say, whenever you show anyone a work in progress, they will always have notes. Always. And I have found that to be true. They almost feel compelled to have notes. Yeah. And um, well, so I, know, I noticed there was green outside the car windows, and you're like, yeah, it's a green screen. I don't, right? Yeah. Like, they don't necessarily know what they're looking at. Right. Uh, didn't didn't it this first Star Wars screening for like, there was a bunch of people in it. It was like Spielberg yeah. and Scorsese, and they're pretty much like, better luck next time. Yeah. Right? They thought and it was- And he was like, oh, I'm still going to finish it. Yeah. Right? Because they didn't know what they were looking at. Right. That's another thing. I, I, I want to <clears> talk <throat> about that a little later, but that's another thing. But, um, and some people are very insulted. Hey, it would be better if you took my notes and maybe- but um, for me, now part of it is, part of it, it's a weird business, especially as a writer. Because as a writer, what happens is you hone your craft. You learn who you are. Mm-hmm. And you get attention because of who you are. Yeah. And then you have people saying, hey, don't be who you are. And you're like, I spent a lot of years learning how to, I trust this now. Right. 
right? If you don't want it, that's fine. Yeah. But this is, <coughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we make Coca-Cola. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a lot of people drink beer. Great. Go to a place that has right. beer. Yeah. I make Coca-Cola. Right. Right? So you don't have to like it, but that's what I make. Um, And for Coca-Cola, I think it's pretty good. You know, whatever yeah. it is. Right? So, so um, I, th- I think it, at least for me and the way I'm perceived, and maybe it's true, uh, I'm a little bit more... Um, stubborn about my what i know because it's an industry that's made me as particularly being a person of color in this business and having people sort of discount stuff you know i've told you i've walked into rooms and essentially not gotten a job had the job until i walked in the room and all of a sudden it's like oh there's no so because that's a real thing that's really happened to me um i've learned to trust myself Mm mm-hmm I've learned to, I just hold my, I go, is this what Billy Wilder would do? Is this what Frank Capper would do? Is this what, you know, and I've studied all that stuff and I go, well, I have five examples of it working and all these other things. Yeah. And so when somebody says this isn't working, I go, I know that's not true. And they're like, well, you're not listening. I just know it's not true. It's not me saying it. It's all these other people. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, well, Chekhov said this and, you know, so it's like, I, so it's easy for me to be confident about it because it's not me. Right. Um, it's like, well, take it up with Hitchcock because this is what he used to do. Yeah. You know? He uh, would have introduced it as early as he could. Right. That's why I did it. Right. You know? And so when I have patterns like that, I just follow those patterns. Right. Um, and often I find that people don't have those, those things. They don't have those same references. Which makes it harder for them to either not listen to the feedback. Well, I guess this must be true and they implement it and then it gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Or um, it just makes it harder to actually solve it to begin with, right? Yeah. And I actually think that the... Uh, I'm not comparing myself to Orson Welles except in this one way. Orson Welles said that his work didn't work as well when people interfered with it. And I think that's true of some people. We we live in a world where that seems to be like you can't say that, but I think it's true of some people because if you thought everything out, then it's a watch and this cog changes everything. And that cog, like if you've really thought it through, um, now some people- A watch as in it can actually keep its time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you've really thought it through, then it's going to not be very um, conducive to everybody putting their hands in it and work, you know, and I found I used to, when I was writing more comic books, what I found was I'd get a note from an editor and I would implement that note as best I could because, you know, I want the book to be good. Right. When the book came out, I would inevitably hear like 100% of the time where the note was is where people would say to me, I liked everything in the story except X. I liked everything except Y. So I learned, well, to trust myself. You know, because people kept pointing out, and maybe it was my inability to implement the note, but that's just as valid to me. Like, I guess I'm not good at taking notes, so I have to do what I know how to do because mm-hmm. I've tried it at the because I don't I don't want it to not work. Yeah, right. There's no there's no benefit for me if I make something that like what do I prove if I'm like right. I'm not going to implement their note well and no, yeah, well, I prove nothing right, and then I have a book out there with my name on it that could have been better, could have been better, and mm-hmm. I, I'm all for making my work good, but. I trust myself. 
I think that's... So what advice, though, would you give to somebody? What advice would you give to yourself when you were 20, right? Because I've also been in class, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and you might have some folks that are maybe newer to the craft, right? And you go like, you give them feedback and be like, well, they'd say something similar. It's like, I trust myself, right? Right. So, so can you help me understand... The difference. The difference... I know time and all that, but like, because I also don't want people to walk away going, well, Brian says I don't, I just need right. to trust no, you're myself. Right. You're right. <clears throat> the thing is this. When you just start, you don't know anything. You have to, it, you have to know that, right? So that's just true, right? Yeah. You don't know anything yet. Um, and, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Everybody starts there, mm-hmm. right? So that's okay. So if that's true, yeah, I don't know anything. Then what you do is you figure out what you don't know. Don't rest on what you think you know or what you like. Most people think what they like hmm. is quality. Yeah, I hear that. I see that a lot. Right? They don't know the difference between they have personal taste and that's quality. Like so, right. so they'll say, I think X is a good movie or X yeah. is a good book. Why? It has a 65 Camaro in there and I love 65 Camaros. And you're right. like, okay, but what does that have to... Yes. Or I love the set design. Be like, right. Okay. Right. So that's often the personal taste or how fun it was for people to do. That's another thing mm. they think translates to What does the, that mean? How fun it is was to do? Well, sometimes people have fun like um, writing something. They're having so much fun. And they think that that translates to an audience. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with... They might like something you had fun doing. Yeah. They might have fun with something that was like pulling teeth for you to to do right it doesn't there's no correlation right right but people often think how can people not like this it was so much fun for me to do right um and i'd love this movie if i saw it Mm -hmm. i i i i right um i think for me it seems like i'm focused on me but like i said i used to go to the movies and watch audiences at least as much as i watch the movies Mm -hmm. what are they responding to i right for an audience. So I'm not just using my own taste. I'm doing things I saw work for an audience. And then the people I admire all make stuff for an audience. Again, going back to Hitchcock, talking about how audiences are affected by this or how audiences react to that. I'm not using my own taste necessarily as a barometer for what I think is good work. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's like being a builder. Or something, right? It's like you you may have a certain taste, but a foundation is a foundation and it has to be made a certain way or your house is not gonna stand up. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with taste. Yeah. Right? So but a new person might say, But I like it more like this. It's like, well, that won't work. I like well, foundations made out of straw. Right. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. I think it looks cool. Well, okay, well, okay. Well, yeah. it just won't be able to take any force. Right. Which... So for me, it's more like that. It's structural engineering, right? So for me, it's just math in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, anyway, but you have to become essentially a story mathematician first. So you have, to, you have to do your reps. You have to do. So the thing is, you figure out what you're not good at. Oh, I see. I'm not very good at writing characters that sound different, mm-hmm. right? I'm not very good at telling stories with pictures. Right. I'm not very good at subtext, you know, thinking about what the characters aren't saying, what's underneath, whatever it is, figure it out, get good at that stuff. And when you've actually gotten good at it yeah. and worked it, um, 
then you can stand behind it and go, it's working. But that takes years. But people don't want people want stuff really quickly now. Yeah. And they don't want to put in put in the years. Um, but there's no substitute for putting in the years. And um, I said it before, but there are two kinds of people who defend their work to the death, novices and experts. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Those are the two people who will defend their work to the death. Novices don't know. They don't know any better. They don't know what they don't know. Right. So they're very stubborn. But there's a certain point at which I think you earn your stripes and it's like, you know what? I, I you don't have to like it. I know I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I get enough feedback that says I know what I'm doing. Um, if that's if you want to do something else, you should. But don't put it on my thing. Right. right. Um, yeah. And I also think that I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, that ultimately the job of an artist and it's only been in the last few years that I've called myself that. But I think it's the job of an artist to have a strong point of view, a strong perspective, to, to show the world what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. You can't, I, that, so I can't take a note because that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm not seeing what you're giving me, and I have to be honest with what I'm seeing. I have to make you see it. Now, if I'm not making you see it, that's my deal. And that's the boredom or confused. Piece. Right. If I'm not making you see it. I read it. I just didn't understand what you were talking about. That's different. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, that's, a, that's a note I can take, but I do think it's the job of, of an artist. I think you can't force it. I think experience teaches you who you are as an artist, and you go, I'm this person. This is the way I see things. Yeah. This is the way. This is the way That's the world. Your unique makes perspective. Sense. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you there for? Right. Like it's been really. It's interesting getting notes from Hollywood people because what they ultimately say is, "Can't you make it more like everything else?" It's not like everything else. Mm. I'm like, well, if it's like everything else, you don't need me. Yeah. I thought it was funny um, when you got that note from a well-meaning person, mm-hmm. but they pretty much read something, and the note was. Uh, but the main character is white. Right. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's happened a couple of times. And it was like, well, what does that have to do with? But I thought Brian was black. That was the. Yeah. And I was, I, we were like, well, but. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was like, it's like, what do you do with that feedback? Uh, it's a really interesting thing because um, if you're a person who has, uh, if, you're mar- if you're in part of a marginalized group, right, uh, often that's what you get called to do. You get called in to be that person, right? So um, it's like, well, and I've seen this with my own career. Well, there's no reason to hire Brian for that because it's not a black thing, right? Right. Yeah. So um, I, re- I was thinking about, uh, I was talking about Spider-Man one time, and I go, you know, none of these big movies. I'm not picking on Spider-Man. It's all yeah. these big movies, but I'm just going to pick on Spider-Man now. So so uh, I, and I said, so there's no writers of color or any marginalized people who have written, you know, Spider-Man. And it's like, is bit, being bitten by a radioactive spider a white experience? Yeah. It's no, right. it's not. It's not an experience anybody has. Yeah. So 
Um, and it's also, there's a weird thing where your humanity is devalued when people are doing that to you. Because what they're saying, like I have all the other experiences that other mm-hmm. any other person has. Yeah. Right? I got, I have a family and I have, you know what I mean? I have all the experiences. Yeah, you're a person. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a human being. <laughs> yeah, so it's right. like, but yeah. often I'm not called upon to be a human being. Yeah. I, we need a black guy. Well, I just thought it was funny because you were like, you said when you got that feedback, you, you said something like, you know what's funny is... I wrote that because of what the story required, right? But yeah. you're like, only now in the last couple of years. Right. Because right. I used to write characters. I started off like, oh, <clears throat> this character should be black. Yeah. yeah. It'd be cool. And everybody was like, oh, you can't do that. It won't sell in Germany and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And this uh-huh. and that. And it's like, well, overseas, all these things. And that's the way it was for 30 years. Yeah. Right. And then it was like, now it's like, Brian, you're characters are white like what <laughs> make up your mind yeah, uh-huh. you know yeah. and is do you like the story can we start with that can we start to, and the other thing too is to be um to be fair having a character who's white when i'm a person of color means that i will tell different stories even with a white character yeah right i will tell different stories about how they interact in the world or how things are confronted with things or, yeah right so it's like yeah, because it would be a different experience. Yeah. There's no pretend. You've talked about it before where you can't just swap things. Right. Right. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, in this particular thing we're talking about, um, I dealt with some racial things that were going to come up in the series, if mm-hmm. we ever went to series, that I don't think another writer, not a white writer, would deal with in quite the same way. Sure. Um, just because they don't have the same knowledge base and experience yeah. right and perspective um and so um i just thought it was interesting because that was feedback yes it that was, was feedback and i remember when it came in going like well, brian what do you what do you do with that like that yeah. has nothing to do with the what did i say <laughs> you just told me that you're like a, you can't win because mm-hmm. you're like you're, you just told me pretty much like i used to try to write stuff with black characters 20 years ago and they'd be like no way <laughs> you're like so i write a series that's good and now people are going well, why'd Brian, why'd you write this, Brian? And <laughs> yeah. you go like I because I want because it's the story I want to <laughs> right. I think you said pretty much like pick a direction, man. Yeah. Like, well, also diversity. I don't want to get on a diversity thing, but diversity isn't just the characters in a piece. Yeah. Right. I I'm really down on that as a thing. When we talk about diversity, I am not down with diversity as in the casting because yeah diversity can happen. There's a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff that happens. And when I was on sets in LA, I was almost always the only black person I ever saw mm-hmm. on a movie set. And I, which and, is where the real power is too. Right. Yeah. So it's like, can't, can we, can we get some people who can green light movies that maybe are different people? Can we get some people who can make decisions? Mm-hmm. Because all that other stuff will change. Casting won't change anything. Yeah. So this idea of looking like you have diversity, but having all the same people in charge, I'm not down with. Yeah. 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 I, I just like the kind of feedback you get is kind of all over the board. Like, obviously, that's feedback I'd never get. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I was just bringing that up is like, well, here's some weird feedback I've seen you get before. Yeah. How'd you process that? That's mm-hmm. strange. Uh, but just in general, like going, if you get 10, if you get 10 points, mm-hmm. right. And let's say, and also, I know the kind of people you send your feedback to, they're all like heavy hitters, mm-hmm. right. People that, I don't think we, you know, significant people mm-hmm. uh, as far as where they're at in their careers are the people that are reading your stuff. 
and I've asked you before, and what kind of led to this this episode is we were in the office and you were talking about like, yeah, I got this feedback and, you know, this was helpful and, you know, I don't know about this. And I was like, well, how do you make those calls? So let's say somebody you respect sends, mm-hmm. hey, I read your script, Brian, here's 10 pieces, 10 things. Mm-hmm. First, obviously, it sounds like you would do the border confused. Right. But on the other eight mm-hmm. things, how do you process, you know, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, maybe. And I know it's abstract because we don't have an exact example. Right. I'm just well, trying to help people philosophically understand. Well, one is, um, did you know it already? That's a big one. Know what? Oh, oh, the problem. The problem. People can call you on something you knew already. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I knew I had to figure out the thing with the mom, but, you know, or right. Whatever. I haven't gotten around to it or. Right. Or you thought you could get away with it, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody calls you on something you thought you could get, aw- get away with. Yeah. And it'll ring true. Yeah. That's a real note. Yeah. Because you knew it already. Back of your head, you're like, maybe that could work. Yeah. Because it was too hard to solve that uh-huh. problem or whatever. Right. So you're like, well, I'll Gamma just... rays? What's a gamma ray? Oh, damn it. I got to figure out how to... Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So that's a real note. Yeah. You know, that you can use. Um, the other thing is, um, I run into... Th- I'm not a big fan of things that are too dark. I don't understand. Yeah, you get that feedback a lot. Yeah, because I'm not that person. But it's hip right now, and those are the people who get to work. Mm-hmm. People who like dark things are the people who get to work, and they go, everything's dark, and your thing is light. Yeah, because I'm a big fan of zigging when everybody's zagging, mm-hmm. right? That always has an impact. It always does. So I always say when everybody goes electric, go acoustic, mm-hmm. right? Because all of a sudden, it just stands out just because it is different. Yeah, everything is so dark and hopeless. Yeah, you come out with more like a Star Trek thing where there's actually, you know, there's some hope at the end of the thing, right? Yeah, uh, and it's like, oh, this feels dated, or I don't know, it feels too. It feels so, like there's some hope in it at all. Sometimes people who uh, uh, like things because they are dark, I don't. Here's what I don't understand: I'm I'm not against things being dark or getting dark, and in fact, sometimes things need to be there. I don't understand that as a mark of quality. So I loved it. It was so dark. It wasn't terrifying enough. Yeah, whatever. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I hear that a lot. Oh, it's so dark. I loved it. It's like, well, that's a taste thing that has nothing to do with quality. And I also find that a lot of those people um, have a dark outlook on life, and they think that's more true than anything that's bright. People are people suck. It's like, yeah, you can say that. You can also say there were people who hid people during the Holocaust. Like, people mm-hmm. don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's more complicated than that. All light is not true, and all dark is also not true. Mm-hmm. So, um, so a lot of times you'll get people who just like, they just think dark is better. They think it's more true. That rings true to them. But that's just an outlook. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the quality of the work. And when, when I come home and I turn on the TV, I'm, tired of everything being so dark and cynical like it's mm-hmm. not fun. like i don't want that all the time it's 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 like being ha- having the same thing for dinner every night like mm-hmm. you know what i'd like something else please yeah um but nobody wants to do that because that's different and that's scary and you know um but then it's funny because somebody will come out with something that's a little more hopeful and it will hit and people are like we got to do that and you'll be like always, yeah. it's always like that it's always like that um it happened with that show. Um, uh, I haven't seen it, actually. Speaking of a guy who doesn't want dark. But uh, This Is Us. 
You know that show? The, I think that's what it's called. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like is, on NBC or something. Like, yeah. It's a big but, sitcom show. Yeah, yeah. Not a sitcom, but like a like a family drama mm-hmm. kind of show or something. I don't know. Yeah, People yeah. Know yeah. It like know blew the show. up. Yeah. yeah. But it blew up, and I think partially because it was in contrast to other things. Mm. Right? More heartfelt. and Well, it was just not the typical cynical movie, and yeah. dark. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? From uh, what I can see. I mean, I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but from what I see, it's not cynical and dark. Yeah. And I think people are... Um, I don't know why that's such a frightening thing for people to try, but anyway, that's neither. That's more philosophical and has less mm-hmm. to do with feedback. But but, but but you'll get the feedback that people will say, "Why don't you make it darker?" Or... Right. But I, again, I don't. <clears throat> if everything is doing that, because that's one one piece of feedback was that like everybody's doing this now. You should be doing that. It's like, you know what? I, I don't. I don't. I can't think of an artist in the history of art. Whoever did anything significant by doing what everybody else was doing. Right? Picasso, oh, he was doing what everybody else was doing. That's why he's Picasso. No, it doesn't make any sense. I can't think of anyone mm-hmm. in the history of art who got big, who's a name that we talk about, who did what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It's safe. It's safe. But I don't think good art is safe. Mm-hmm. It never is safe. I think if you're doing something and it's your honest perspective and point of view, it's a vulnerable place. It's not safe. Yeah. Right? It's much easier to do what everybody else is doing. But then I, I think, well, why do you even, why would somebody hire me or buy my stuff if it's just like everybody else's stuff? Um, it's interesting, the, the graphic novel that just came out, Old Souls, when it was a screenplay, got lots of notes that I don't hear in any of the reviews of the book. Hmm. Like, there's stuff in the book that I was proud of, that I knew worked, that people told me didn't work, hmm. that now fans are going, I love this. Yeah. Well, I was right. Mm-hmm. You know, now if I, and I would, I, if, if it didn't go that way, nobody would be more disappointed than me and I would think maybe I should rethink how I think about this. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I was validated. I mean, there are people who don't like the, but they don't like anything about it. Right. Right. And that's okay. That's going to happen. Right. You're not going to please everybody. But of the people who do like the book, and I think there's, at least from what I see, there's more of them than than don't like it. Um, They like a lot of the things that people told me to change. Mm. So, if that happens to me so much, why why would I listen? Like, it doesn't make any sense to listen to people. I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's whenever I've changed things that other people thought I should change, it doesn't work out. And then you're probably kicking yourself later on. Well, yeah, because it wasn't your mistake. Hmm. Can you help me, like, explain that? Well, I always feel like I'm doing name name dropping when I'm when I, we do this show but I have a friend who is uh, a good friend of Jerry Seinfeld and my friend had a a TV show um on a mate on a network and uh um so he was doing this TV show and he kept getting notes on the show like you should do this and you should fix it. the network had notes and everybody had notes so my friend calls Jerry and he goes Jerry they're changing my show what do I do and because he didn't want to be hard to work with and all of that, right? And Jerry said, sink on your own ship, right? You, if it fails, you want it to be your failure, your mistakes. And I think that's true because if, 
if it fails and it's somebody else's fault. By the way, when it fails, those people disappear. Those people oh, don't yeah, stand. Sure. They don't come around going, you know what? I gave that person that terrible note. Yeah. And that's why it was awful. Yeah. No, they're gone. That's on you. Yeah. Right. And as long as they're going to leave you holding the bag. You're the one who's going to get a career or not get a career or get the blame or whatever, then you might as well stick to your guns. Mm. So, uh, yeah, sink on your own ship, um, especially if you know what you're doing. Like, you know, by the time Seinfeld got a show, he was already the highest paid club comic in the country. He was already Jerry Seinfeld, who'd been on the Tonight Show a million times, and he was already a big name. Yeah. So he would get notes and he'd just think, I heard him say once, um, they never stopped to think, well, he got this far without us, right? Yeah. You know, there's a weird thing about, I don't quite get it, but again, if it's a work in progress, I think people feel compelled to give notes. Um, I've never given anybody a work in progress, um, or most people, and have them go, yeah, that works. That works. Um, and that's been true of the things that have gone on to win awards or whatever. Oh, I think you ought to do this. Really? Because people talked about Oscar nomination for that thing eventually. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like this weird thing where it's like I've had enough validation um, that I don't feel like I, I'll listen to stuff if I feel like it helps me do what I'm trying to do. Um, people are bored or confused. Uh, or if it rings true somewhere deep. And mm -hmm. I know that's a real thing. And the other thing, it might be something I'm afraid of. Like, you didn't go far enough here. Oh, I was afraid to do yeah. that, you know? I thought it would be too intense or... Yeah. Like, so, I like that character, whatever. Right. So if if it's something I'm afraid of that somebody calls me on too, which is another kind of ring true thing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I should have gone further. Yeah. Right. Um, That's a real thing because that's helping me do what I'm trying to do. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but most people don't give notes that way. They're like, do it the way I would do it. Hmm. And I just don't think that's a that's a valid note. What? Okay, so that makes sense for where you're at. If you were in class, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to students that are getting started as far as how to listen to what notes to take, what notes not to take? Like outside of obviously the, the board are confused. Like, like, cause I, uh, you know, again, I think my, my big concern is like, I, I think the majority of people are listening probably haven't been writing for 30 years or whatever. Right. Right. You know, um, so <clears throat> you have more of a barometer, a compass for mm -hmm. going, that's North. It's not South. Right. You know? Uh, but do you have anything that you would, uh, I don't know, tell some of your students as far as like, cause I've seen people come up and argue with you before mm -hmm. and, you know, and, I, and all you're trying to do is help them out. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, you don't have a dog in the hunt. Like, yeah. You're sitting there going like, I don't, this isn't my script. Right. It's your script. I'm just telling you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because it's funny. Like you said, the two people that are like. Oh, the most. Steadfast. The, yeah. Right. It's the, the, the novice and the professional. Right. Yeah. Like, um, Are there any tips that you've, you've given to students that have been helpful? Um. <coughs> I think well often they can't hear it when they're they kind of have to fail it feels like to me they have to fail uh before they realize they don't 
know everything. It's it, they will almost never. You don't know what you're talking about, yeah. old man. Right? Then they fail, um, and then they say, "Oh, maybe I don't know as much as I thought." Right? So it's that thing, right? It's um, it's uh, unconscious incompetence. It's the first stage of learning anything, right? Unconscious incompetence. So they just have unconscious incompetence. They don't know what they don't know yet. Yeah. And you can't talk to those people until they get to conscious incompetence. Boy, I really know I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. The people that get the most out of my classes are the people who have hit their head up against the wall a bunch of times. Yeah. And know they don't know. That's how I showed up. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I got to figure this out. Figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the people that seem to be most grateful for my classes um, because I think we've talked about it before, but it's like when you give people solutions to problems they haven't had, they don't understand that. Yeah. They never needed a hammer and you gave them a hammer and a saw and they've never needed those things. Yeah. Right? But when you go, I tried to build a house. It's like, well, have you ever heard of a hammer? No. What's that? Mm -hmm. Works like this. That would have been helpful when I was trying to build yeah, a house, right? right. Um, and a saw, it'll get you, can get you. What? That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but if you don't know those things, building a house is difficult. But you have to know that. You, you, people think that their familiarity with something kind of means they're experts at it. So everybody thinks they're an expert at story because you hear them all the time, you ingest them all the yeah, time, yeah. right? Um, but that's just, that's an illusion. That's not just because you're familiar with it. Um, uh, it's uh, a friend of mine who's an illustrator said to me, uh, I think I, I, I always forget what we've talked about on the show, but a friend of mine who's an illustrator said, uh, do you know what a fire hydrant looks like, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, you, yeah, you're familiar. You've seen them. You know what one looks like? And I go, yeah. And he goes, try to draw one. He goes, when you try to draw one, you realize you don't know anything about what, like, yeah. what a fire hydrant looks like. A hundred percent. Right. <laughs> like, wait a minute. No, that's There's a great a example. Thing on top. And, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great example. Yeah, right? And so you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, and you have to come against the problem sometimes. So sometimes I just let people, I'm like, you just have to make your mistake first. Yeah. And then you'll come back. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is that... You told me the thing before, too, where you'll be like, go to print it up. Oh, yeah. That's This is... If you... What you do, this is a, a way to see if your script is working. Um, yeah, print up a script, print it up, or whatever it is, right? Print it out, uh, bind it. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, artists can probably do this th same thing. Um, bind it, and then uh, find somebody you trust and hand it to them. And the second you hand it to them, you'll know everything that's wrong with it. That's so true. It's completely true. You'll know everything that's wrong with it. And then you go, I'll take that back. Thank you. Because <laughs> now it's still a helpful thing. Right. It's worth the time just to do it. <laughs> yeah. And go, it actually isn't working. I'm going to take that back. Right. That way you don't waste your time. And all of a sudden you're seeing it through there. Well, because most people, when you, you hand them something, you're hoping they'll come back and say, oh my God. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And more than likely, you know, there's some stuff in there that, was confusing or boring, right. whatever it is. Wasn't working. Uh, but no one wants to hear that, which is tricky. There's a guy named, um, I think it was Birnbach. He's one of the 
on the advertising side, one of the, like, the godfathers kind of ever advertising, like, him and, like, uh, Ogilvy and stuff like that. And I think it was Burnbach always used to carry a piece of paper in his wallet that just said, maybe the client's right, mm-hmm. right? Because he was at the top of his game. Right. But even then, he still had in his wallet, it was either his wallet or his pocket, just that thing. Well, maybe the client's right, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought that was interesting, like, for somebody at the top of their game. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I think you have to do that. I think it's the same problem I used to have when I was writing with partners. Right. I've told you this, but when I would write with partners, because like, so I can't do math in my head, but some people can't. They just go, that's this. Right. Boom. You know? Yeah. And I can't do that. And I, I do that because I think of the Wizard of Oz. I think of the Scarecrow getting his diploma and yeah. <laughs> being able, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, so that's what that motion is. But um, I can't do that. But what I can do is I can do this story math in my head pretty quickly. So if somebody says, what if this happens? I I can. I think it looks almost instantaneous. I can see it. I can. It's it's. I don't know if it's the it's not going to add up. Like, yeah, I yeah. can just see it. I go oh, that links to this links to that links to that. And it takes me no time at all to do it. Yeah. Um, and. It it looked to people when I was writing with people like I was dismissing their ideas, like I wasn't thinking about what they were saying. But I thought about it, and I, I concluded I did the math in my head, and that's not going to work. Yeah. So then I learned how to fake thinking about it, right? <laughs> because you know it kept my relationships okay. You know it wasn't. Yeah. <clears throat> but but it wasn't like I mean, and I would it wasn't that I didn't think about it. it just happens quickly. Yeah. You know. Um, and so sometimes it happens with uh, client feedback or something too, where I go, well, I can do the math. Yeah. So it's like, you're not listening. I just did the math. I yeah. know what it adds up to. It's going to add up to 10 no matter what we say. or. Yeah. I just did the math. No matter how much you'd like it to be 11. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, when it's harder for people, um, in a way, they almost think it should be harder for you. Right. Because like, well, I'm working here and you don't seem to be doing anything. And it's like, no, I, you know what it was? I, I did 30 years worth of work so that, that, that I could do it like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, all you're seeing is 30 years worth of work. Yeah. That's what, so yeah, it looks like nothing, but it's 30 years worth of work. It's like watching somebody draw something, right? Like, wow, you can just draw. It's like, well, not really. You're seeing every single drawing they've ever done. Yeah manifest itself in that one drawing right and you go wow they can just do that it's like not really mm-hmm. you know excuse me it's like that yeah you know it's like well if you just start drawing yesterday no that's going to be hard for you you have to do as many drawings as i did and then you can get here yeah um that's why most of us don't draw well right we don't draw enough yeah right <laughs> you yeah. know um but for some reason people um they just don't want to put in the work, I guess. Um, they just want to be good um, without the work. And it just doesn't, things don't work that way. Um, and so it's hard for those people to take feedback because they just want it to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I think there is a point at which, and it, you got to be at least a few years in, where you can stick to your guns. I don't think it's wrong to stick to your guns. Um I think it's pain for some people. They don't like it. They want you to, you know, just do what I say and things. But it, if you, the thing that makes you good 
if you're any good. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes you good is something you will protect. Right? You'll protect it. You're like, well, no, this is the thing that makes me unique. This is the thing that makes me good. This is the way I see the world. If somebody wants to do something that changes your worldview, well, then what are you doing? Hmm. Right? It's like, well, that's not the way I see the world. Yeah. If you see the world differently, that's cool. We all see the world differently. But um, this is the way I see it. It's not wrong. And then you spend your life trying to write something that really somebody else should write, not you. Right. Because you're not that person. Right. You know? Um. Yeah, Van Gogh painted the way Van Gogh painted. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to paint like Vermeer. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, you know. Um. Now there may have been people who said, "Hey, you should paint more like Vermeer." Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But of course he shouldn't. Yeah. When let me ask you this, just to take it in a kind of complete the circle, like. How do you give good advice, or not advice, how do you give good feedback? So, you know, let's say somebody, one of the, your, your colleagues emails you and says, hey, will you read the script? Like, <clears throat> how do you approach, so we talked about, okay, the, the big ones as far as like taking feedback is, okay, is it boring or confusing is the first step, right? right. And then you have to understand the context is what it sounds like. Like understand the context of your relationship with this other person. Mm-hmm. Where are they at in their career? You right. know, a number of different things go into it. It's complicated. This isn't right. a quick and easy like right. answer, right? Yeah. What's your relationship with that person, right? Are they competitive with you in some right. way? Or, you know, is there because, something weird? Yeah. Because that contained it too. Yeah. Um, History with that person. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then what about the flip side? How do you be a good friend as far as giving feedback in a way that people can hear it. Do you have any tips on that? Uh, often I try to say, I try to figure out what they're trying to do. So my, my thing always comes from, if you're trying to do this, that's not actually happening for me. Can you give me an example? Like, like, what do you mean? Is it like if you're trying well, to make me care about the mom or? Yeah. Like, let's say, if, oh, are you trying to create suspense? Hmm. You didn't create suspense. Now, this this thing that happens, you know, again, this thing where the you have the bomb in the middle of the scene, move it to the beginning of the scene. And now you've created suspense because now people are waiting for that bomb to go mm-hmm. off. Right. Or are they going to find the bomb or whatever? Right. Using the Hitchcock thing. Right. So. So. I would just be like, you need to move this if that you want to create suspense. Otherwise, you'll just get surprised. And if you want surprise, then it's working fine. Mm-hmm. But I think you can get more mileage out of suspense if that's what you want to do. But sometimes people just want surprise and not suspense. So they can take that or leave that. But I, I try to give I try to give feedback that helps people do what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I had a... This guy who wrote a novel. And do you ask him that? Say, just delegate. I feel like you're trying to do this, but here's how I'm taking. Like, yes, yes. I, I mean, I think I try to. I mean, you'd have to ask somebody to give mm-hmm. feedback to, but I think I try to. Um, are you? Tr- yeah, I think I do. Are you trying to do this because this isn't working? Yeah, you know just why? As, just as simple I, as that. I think I do that because I personally, personally, don't like it when people assume I had no plan. Yeah. Right. So because I like to get a note that says, are you trying to do X? Right. Yeah. Because that I don't think that's happening. Right. Instead, you get these proclamations. Well, this isn't. This isn't scary. 
Yeah. Well, I wasn't trying to be scared. Right. So you haven't given me a no. <clears throat> yeah. Right, right. Right, because that know? wasn't my intention to begin with. Right. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, well, uh, were you trying to be scary? Because it's not scary if that's what you're trying to do. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And they can go back and forth. Why weren't you trying to be scary? It seems like you would. Or why aren't you trying to create suspense? Yeah. You know, you can have a back and forth about it and figure it out. Um, and say, well, whatever you're trying to do, I, I, I was confused. Like, if it might be a genre problem where people have expectations of the genre, hmm. right? I think that I'm hitting it butted up against that a little bit. People have expectations of the genre and you're not meeting them. Yeah. And so then they're like, well, this isn't working because I had expectations. <clears throat> um, and then you just have to find a way to dispel or dismiss those expectations up front so that they don't have them anymore. Yeah. But that's different than going, oh, I'll make it more like everything else. Right. I mean, you know me, I don't believe in genres anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think following genre, it's funny, people go, but, you know, genres have certain um, expectations and you can, you learn them and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't like, I don't believe any of that stuff. I, I think that you can make, anything can be a Western, any story, any kind of story can happen in a Western, any single mm -hmm. one, right? So uh, you can be a, have a love story that's a Western, you can have, a, you know, any yeah. any single, so it's like. So the idea of a genre completely breaks down if you can do that. Hmm. Doesn't make any yeah. sense. It only works in space. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in fact, there's uh, Outland is a movie. It's not a great movie, but it's, uh, it's, it's okay, I guess. But it's got Sean Connery in it, and it's kind of a high noon in space. Hmm. So they took high noon and put it in space, right? Yeah. So, and that's a Western. So they took a Western, they put it in space. Uh, Seventh Samurai is a samurai movie. Yeah. They made it into a western. Like that stuff, I, is, genre is, is inconsequential to me. Right? Does a story work? So a lot of times people will hmm. get c hung up on genre, and all they're doing then is cliche. <clears throat> right. So when you say that, what does a story work? That's why the questions around is this your intention? Right. Right. Because if all your intentions are matched and it's coming across clearly and it's not boring me, the story should work. Right. Right? Yeah. So if you can cut straight to, if your intent was this, that's not coming mm -hmm. through to me. Right? Right. Knowing that if they can fix those, it should allow them to really just be the conduit and tell a really great story without any baggage. and Yeah. Often I try to figure out what people are trying to say. So what their armature statement is or what they, what they want to prove through their yeah. story. And then, uh, then I can give a different kind of note because then I can say, well, this scene has nothing to do with that. And this scene has nothing to do with that. And that confuses the issue. You know? And then people just can decide whether they want to keep it or not. But, you know, and that to me is not a taste issue. Like, I, I, could, I could care less about the scene. Yeah. It's like, well, this scene is about a guy getting a dog and it has nothing to do with whatever you're armature is like the guy wants to be alone right <laughs> yeah. yeah he was like well why is he getting a dog right right yeah you told me he wants to be alone well i just i like dogs and i oh well that's right. not helpful to what you're trying to say right you know that kind of thing or it's like well he's got all these like you said you saw the grinch cartoon yeah the remake yeah and oh. now he's not a grinch he's not a grinch he's just kind of 
I don't even know. Just a little disagreeable. Yeah, yeah. But he's not a Grinch. No, he, he has, has a friend. See? Like he has friends. He has hey, friends. That's my best friend. And I was like, then he can't be the Grinch, <laughs> right? And that's that's a kind of no. It's like, well, is it, why make the Grinch? No, but I think now people go, why does the Grinch have to be such a Grinch? It's like, well, that's that's well, that's the whole thing. Also, you're talking about an incredible director, like. Think about one of the greatest directors of all time made the Grinch. Right. right? Chuck Jones yeah. gave me the original right. Grinch. Yeah. And it's like he made those decisions because he knew what he was doing. It <laughs> matters at the end when his heart grows. Right. Because his heart was so tiny. Like, right. Right. It's just funny. Now it's like, well, you know, can't we make the Grinch without having him be a Grinch? It's like, well, that's a different movie. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a different story. It's I don't called, even know what your story you're telling now. I, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, um, I mean, Scrooge has to be Scrooge. Right. Right. That's yeah, why it matters. Why does Scrooge have to be? He can be a little. I mean, people yeah. come to orphanage; they want money. Yeah. Why doesn't he give money? I mean, come uh-huh. on, does he have to be so bad? It's like that is the whole point. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? So, for instance, if somebody had handed me a, a Christmas Carol and they said, uh, "I'm doing this thing," and there's scenes in there where the Scrooge, where Scrooge is like giving out money, benevolent, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Then I'd go, "Well, that doesn't fit with what you're trying to." Turned him sick, you know. If there's any expenses I can pay for him, you'd be like, "Well." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would he need his partner to come back and say, right? Right. So so th- it's like, oh, that's not on track with what you're trying to do. Why can't the three pigs just build really solid houses right out of the gate? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. They could, but it's not, there would be no. <laughs> There's no. Yeah. So that's how I try to give notes. Like, what what, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is not part of that then. Or this is not part of that then. I try to take it out of the realm of taste. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to talk about that. Like I say, if somebody wants to do something that's dark, great, do it. But um, if if that helps them make their point, if there's no reason for it, then I go, no, nah, that's just personal taste. I just, I, I think taking, people don't understand that you can, taste and quality are not the same thing. They don't understand that. People often say that something's a good movie or a good story. And like you say, you get into it with them and it's because, well, I lived in Colorado. That's not a thing. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't know because you don't wear glasses. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. It's like, I liked it because I wear glasses. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never lived in Casablanca and I like Casablanca. Yeah. Right? You know yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? A woman never left me in Paris and I like Casablanca. <laughs> you know what I mean? That hasn't happened to you yet? Not, 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 not yet. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Sure. You know, um, you know, so it's like you don't have to. So it's just weird thing where people think because it's personal to them or that it will matter to me, the audience member. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's why I say I don't like the graduate. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? You don't like the graduate. But the graduate doesn't let me in. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't tell me like I don't understand that kind of angst that sort of middle class you know what i mean yeah like no I, we've talked angst. about this yeah. before and yeah. i was like help me like tell me what you're not what i'm not seeing yeah because like, it's like i didn't catch any of that oh the well when you told me that i was like really you don't like mike nichols and you're like no that it was i didn't get so this guy just graduated college he's got his whole life he got a car <laughs> he's in a swimming pool like what's wrong with his life and i was like i never thought about that yeah all i could think is I would have killed for any of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I don't understand. Uh-huh. And I, I'm sure the angst is real. It really happens. It, there's a, a million movies about it. Yeah. Um, but they never let me in. Yeah. Right? 
Um, what do you mean by they let me in? I think they take for granted that this is a feeling you have when you mm. have everything you want. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Right. It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea. Yeah. Tell me why that's so bad. Yeah. I don't understand where that's coming from. But I think they take it as a given. And because of who gets to make movies, uh-huh. they all have the same background. Yeah. And they all go, that is so true. You know, when you crash your dad's Mercedes, it's, oh, man. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> he gets a great job. Plastics. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. I, I know. Is I that did. a good job? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. So I, I just it felt like it. It felt like they took for granted that that was a normal thing mm-hmm. and didn't let me in. Right. I mean, my note for them would have been like, I don't understand your story. Yeah, it, no, it's confusing to me. I'm confused why he's so upset. Yeah. When he has the whole tiger by the tail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's what's the? I don't understand. Uh huh. Um. But there's a ton of movies like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what it's like when you're, all your needs are met and no, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I didn't grow up that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's easier the other way. You know, when you don't have food. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess that would be miserable. There's that Rick Rubin quote where he said something like, something along the lines of like, um, it's hard to get really depressed until all your dreams come true. Sure. And it's like, well, it, that happened for Rick. So sure. he was like, oh, crap. I did it all. Right. I produced everybody from Adele to Slayer to the BC, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, damn, I always thought this would make me feel better. The problem is if you don't, if you haven't had that experience, it's hard to jump straight in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take me on that journey a yeah. little bit, right? right? So my note would be, well, take me on that journey. Yeah. Because it's confusing to me why he was so bummed when everything was at his feet right right? so that'd be that would be you giving that feedback yeah right because you're like this is you weren't talking about i don't like that he had a a convertible or why why did he spend so much time in the pool or like none of that didn't matter it was the bigger idea of like i was confused i was confused i didn't know how to i mean literally i felt like oh this movie's not for me at all like yeah there's nothing in this for me yeah you know um I mean, we've talked about it, but it was sometimes called the film of a generation. It's like, well, my mom's in that generation. It's not about her. Right. Right. Yeah. My mom grew up in, you know, segregation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there isn't a movie for her generation. If sure. that's your generation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right. sure. Where's that movie? Right. You know? Um, so I think it, generation gets narrowly defined. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um. So, really, then, I mean, we know feedback is is important, and we know that it can, because not all of us are going to see everything, right. right? Like we all got blind spots, and so sure. there's that. It's kind of like that roundtable that um, Pixar does, right, where they have all the directors watch each other's stuff, and mm-hmm. you don't have to take anybody's. This this is according to the Creativity Incorporated book, yeah. you know. But like, so I don't know how it actually works, but the idea of like, no, everybody gives their feedback. You don't have to take it. Ultimately, right. the director has to make the call on what to do with it. Yeah. But it's nice to hear other people saying like, well, this is how I interpreted that. Is that what you're going for? Right. Right. You can say, like, oh, I didn't even realize that that looked whatever, so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so some of that's good. Yeah. Right. That's why also having really good trusted friends. Like we know that the guys like Spielberg and Lucas and Scorsese, that they would watch each other's stuff and give mm-hmm. each other notes. And I was like, God, that'd be amazing. Cause it's, it's people that you trust. Yeah. You know that they're pulling for you. They're not trying to 
right. you know, make you feel small or mm-hmm. like, so I think having that, those groups of people, like the fact that you can email all these people mm-hmm. that are, you know, really great at their jobs and they'll say, well, here's, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's part of feedback too, is going like, not only how do you take feedback, how do you give feedback, but also how do you build almost a community, a community, a feedback circle, right? Or yeah. something like there's got to... You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's a big part of it. Because you don't want to get feedback from anyone. No, that's true. Um, I think that just comes with time and experience. You know, I don't know if you can make that happen. But one thing it helps if you're on the same page. Mm. I mean, for instance, you know, we're very into having an armature, having a point, and having everything line up with that point. Yeah. Right. But not everybody writes that way. Yeah. So getting notes from somebody who's not constructing that way is often not very helpful. Yeah. Right? Because they like this scene and they like that scene. And why don't you have a scene like this? And it's like, that has nothing to do with what we're trying to do. Right. So the notes won't match up. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, you need to find, they need to find a group that writes the way they do, which, you know. I personally think a bunch of cool scenes don't make a story, Mm -hmm. but there are people who think that and they should be in a group of people who think that because I would give terrible notes to those people. Yeah. And it'd be frustrating for everybody and it wouldn't even be fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, you got to figure out who's, yeah, who's giving you notes, Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. Um, Again, as best as able philosophically line up. Yeah. So that. You don't have all these back and forth conversations that aren't helpful. You want to actually cut to the chase. Right. Um, and, you know, some people can give you a really great note. Like, my in my experience, I've given lots of notes. And even though you've seen, it's mostly in class that I get the push back. Mm-hmm. In, in real life, often when I've given notes, people go, oh, thank you for that note. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just helping them do what they're doing. Yeah. Right? They often take it. And I don't think that it's because they're especially... Um, good at listening to notes or whatever. It's just my thing is, how do I help you do what you're doing? Can I ask a uh, follow-up to that? Yeah. The people that go, thank you for doing that, do you find that the people that actually say that are more seasoned? No. Interesting. No. No. It's all across the board. It's all across the board. Um. I will say that I get fewer, I do in general get fewer arguments from people who've been doing it a long time. Hmm. The people who give me the most pushback are the people with the least amount of experience. That's true. But that's mostly in teaching and, and, and giving general advice. Mm-hmm. When I'm giving notes, when somebody's asked me to read something, which I don't do as much anymore, but when people have asked me to read things, um, they generally with a few exceptions are pretty open to the notes I give because I'm only trying to help them do what they're trying to do. Yeah. And I don't have anything. It's like, I don't care what their movies about. Like, I don't, Oh, it's a Western. I don't care. It's a romance. I don't care. None of that stuff makes any difference to me. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's not clear what you're trying to say because here you say this and here you do that. And here you say this and here you do that. Right. And then they go, Oh yeah, I am doing those things. I, those need to be in line. And so that, you know, um, it's clear that it's not about taste. But most people will give you notes out of taste or their own internal philosophy about what they think a story should be or what they think this thing should be, this piece of art, whatever it is. Um, and I don't think that's a true critique. That's just a that's just a Rorschach test. Mm. 
Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. This is a tough subject. It is a tough subject. Um, I don't know if there's a, a right answer. To honestly, and if people just walk away with border confused, uh, that's great. That's a really tangible thing, regardless of where you're at in your, your tenure yeah. and your career. Yeah. Border confused are really awesome. Tell me when you're border confused. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's even a great prompt. Right. Right? To tell somebody, he's like, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, because I like how tangible that is. Yeah. And you can also, you know, sometimes that primes people to look for being border confused. So mm. I would just listen to the notes mm. and they'll tell you without meaning to where they're border it. confused. Yeah. That's the way I would do it. Yeah. Because often so if I you couldn't prime tell, was people, that his dad or his, you yeah. know, his stepson? And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. confused. Got yeah. it. Or if this kind of dragged, that's yeah, bored. That's bored. Yeah. Right? That's so, you know, you can get that information, but if you prime them. Yeah, then they'll just point out a bunch the, of stuff. Yeah. Like, ah, wouldn't it be more exciting if Yeah. Right. So well may, and maybe that's not what you need their excitement. You know. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of the time I, I had one guy. Uh I was writing with a friend, we got hired to write a script for this guy, and this guy goes, uh, he goes, okay, the first part of this movie, I want it to be boring. And he wanted this guy with this boring life. I go, you, you don't mean you want it to be boring. You mean you want to show this guy has a boring life, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, no, <clears throat> I want it to be boring. Huh. Like, why? He goes, because, you know, if people get through it, they'll be rewarded. But I'm like, why, why do you think that? Like, this guy yeah. was a really wealthy guy. I've noticed this too. I'm, I don't want to be down on the wealthy. Uh-huh. But, uh, um, go ahead. Okay. What I've noticed, the people who want to experiment the most are the people who don't have to do it to eat. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. Oh, I want to try this. I'm, there's a bunch of theory and a bunch of, like, but it's like, no, you're not going to be, be able to pay your rent if, if this doesn't work. You're like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. They want to know how it's done. Yeah. Those people want to know how it's done. Yep. People who, like, well, my life is not going to change much if this doesn't work. Those people want to try everything. Yeah. Let's just throw everything at it. And why does everything have to be this? And why does there more like this about yeah. it? Um, because it doesn't have to. Their life doesn't depend on it. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that has been true for me is my life depended on it. Right. And I don't think people understand what that means. Yeah. Like, no, I had to be good at this. My life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you think you're so good. My life depended on it mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna do anything else i'm not skilled at anything else yeah i had to get really good at this my life depended on it right that's the same reason dudes who grow up in the projects get good at basketball or rapping or something because uh-huh. their life depended on it right <laughs> you know it's s- straight up survival yeah yeah so um be like if all of a sudden we're in the Amazon or something, we'd get really good at fishing fast. Right. Yeah. Like I was never much of a fisherman, but I'll tell you what, I can right. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I starved for the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I got really good at fishing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I don't think people take that into account sometimes. Like, oh, you think you know it's like I had to. I had yeah. to know. And like I say, I've walked into rooms essentially and lost jobs by walking into the room. Yeah. So that means and I know that that's true. I mean I yeah, I think I've even shown you letters to that yeah. effect mm-hmm. where people were like, yeah. yeah, come on down. We got a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, there's no job. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
or that comic book job I told mm-hmm. you about that where I walked in and the guy said we only work with established professionals without asking me anything about me or what I'd done what you've written or yeah yeah just looked at me and said we only work with established professionals what's that about uh-huh. so like hmm I wonder I don't know I can't <laughs> yeah. can't guess uh-huh. yeah. um, and it was also a lie which is why they needed writers which is why I heard about the job hmm. I had a friend who worked there and they're like oh our writers suck and they're all like newbies and they don't know what they're doing and we really need writers they're always missing deadlines so what he told me was also a lie so mm-hmm. uh, and so that kind of thing makes you good at what you do because you're fighting against that mm-hmm. so like well you're so it's like yeah because i had to be mm-hmm. i had to be and also people scrutinize your work differently if you're a marginalized person mm. they've proven that in tests sure right it's like um you know Oh, we think this white writer is white. They they mark that oh, person man. differently. The, we that think book, this... Whistling Vivaldi. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so, um, yeah, the the you know, if people think, well, even if they don't mean to think it, yeah, how good a writer can this person be? Well, they're going to look at your work differently. Yeah, you, you can. There's we should link. There's a study they did with uh, Legal Memo. We'll put it down below i think we should link to it yeah. but but they they told these people that you know a white guy had written this memo and some people and they didn't change anything yeah they planted some typos and some mistakes mm-hmm. and they found fewer mistakes with the white guy and more mistakes with the black guy yeah. but it's the same Dude, there's memo. a mountain of data around yeah. Stuff, yeah so so but what that means is i felt like my stuff had to be bulletproof mm-hmm. so when people go you're no take notes it's like because my stuff had to be bulletproof yeah so, and I had to have confidence because people were trying to tear it down. Oh, man, you've talked about that before. Yeah. With Obama, where you're like, you know how much better he had to be than everyone else running? It's like the guy wore a tan suit, and he'd get crucified oh for wearing a tan suit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're like, geez. <laughs> I don't think people understand that, um, the, the, how good you have to be. It's a crazy thing. That's what has to happen, and it's true for... It's true for a lot of marginalized people. I don't mm. want to just, but it's, it's a, it's a problem. You have to be very good for even for people to go. That guy's okay, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And then there are people who get credit. I, there's one comic book editor who I think is a moron, and I've heard more people go. He's pretty good with story. He's pretty good. Like you heard, I you was were with, with me. You at that yeah, point. one time that happened. I'm like so that guy. Like, oh yeah, fill in the blank guy. He's good with story, and you're like, no, he's not. He's an idiot. And I was like, whoa, here we go. No, he's an idiot. And he was like, no, but you know what I mean. I, and he, and you go like, no, he's not. And then there was another friend that was like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> yeah, that's Brian McDonald. And then he goes, oh, he had read your book. And yeah, he was like, never mind. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? But I find that guy gets a lot of credit. And when I've talked to him, he's edited some stuff. It's like. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm. And it's weird that he gets credit for that. It's a weird thing. He he doesn't know he doesn't know because everybody treats him like he does know. Mm. But he knows when he talks to me because I can poke holes in everything he says. Yeah. He doesn't like me because I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't working because of X. Well, blah, blah, blah. But when, see, that's hard, though, because if you're writing for his organization, yeah, you know that your stuff's going to get scrutinized more, which means the notes... See, this is a great reason why we're talking about this. So so then you get the notes back and you know it's not about the work. Right. Or this might be. But these other ones, they don't have anything to do with the, Just like the note we got back. Yeah, but I thought Brian was black. Right. And I was like, 
yeah, did you read the script? <laughs> He's like, yeah. well, it's just the main character's white. And he, okay, what is, what are we talking, what do you mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, I, it, just, it was just a strange thing. I'd never seen that before mm-hmm. because it has nothing to do with your script, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't. Yeah, and so it's hard for me to go like, okay, I know I'm probably asking the wrong guy about how to, you know, because you have to, the feedback you have to wade through is so crazy compared to like the feedback that I would get. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know there's a ton of nuance to this Mm -hmm. and you have to understand, again, you have to know, okay, well, I know that editor already doesn't like me. Right. Right. And so if he gives all these notes for you on a book you did, that'd, that'd be really hard to navigate because you go, well, he, he can't win. There's no winning for you in that. Right. So if you implement his notes, it'll ruin your piece. Mm-hmm. If you don't implement them, you're going to get fired. Right. I'm assuming at that comic company, right? Uh, I don't, I've never done a comic. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm just saying you're kind of stuck, right? Yeah, it is. You're kind of stuck because you, you have essentially a client to please, right? Yes, right. Um, yeah. I worked on a book one time for a company. This was the dumbest thing. So, so I got a call. Yeah, And they were like, now usually the way comic books are done is you write a script. It's just like writing a film script. You write a script, the artist draws it, they, the editor sends it to the artist, the art, artist draws it and, you know, and gets inked and lettered and colored and all of that. Well, they liked this artist at this company, so they let this artist come up with a story. So the artist drew the story and then they went, the story is terrible. So then they called me and they said, we already have oh, these drawings. Man. I've been in that spot before. Can still. you make a story to oh, go with gosh, these drawings? That's so hard. It was so hard. They said, we don't care what you do. Oh, wow. Just, just, and they gave me some ideas like, well, we were kind of thinking this, kind of thinking that, but you do what you want to do. We just need you to save the day. Okay. So I do something and I'm pretty proud of it considering yeah, the limitations. Things, yeah, hands tied. I had no, like, you know, I could only do what I could do. And uh, the editor got it and he said, uh, hey, thanks. You know, this isn't quite what we were thinking. Do you mind if I change a few things? I'm like, I, I, you know, I wasn't attached to it. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Then he called me up later and he said, um, you know, I changed kind of a lot of stuff. Do you still want credit? And I was like, I'm trying to build a career here. So I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I want credit? Right? I yeah. wrote the thing. The book comes out. There's not one. It says it's written by me. There's not one word that I wrote. And words are the only thing I contributed to the piece. There's not one word that I wrote. And then later I ran into the editor and he goes, uh, that book really didn't turn out, did it? And I was like, you know, that's your fault, right? Like, that didn't just happen. You did that. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of not taking credit. Like, somehow things didn't work out. It's like, well, you hired a guy who's not a writer because you liked his art. Then you made somebody, you tried to shoehorn a story into it. That's so hard, man. It was really hard. You were with me. that I got that doc handed to me. Which where one? I was like, hey, we paid these people to make this documentary. Right. Here's the oh, hard right. drive. Can you make a film out of it? Yeah. They, they couldn't figure out how to do it. And you're looking at it going like, this is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Right? Like when you get handed something like that, yeah. I mean, you're just like, well, for one, I wouldn't have done it this way at all. <laughs> right, right. Right. But if it's a friend or something and you're going like, I, I mean, we can treat you, you know, yeah. <laughs> try, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a tricky one, man. Well, it's like if you take your car to a mechanic, but you've already tried to work on it, they charge you more. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like, That's what they say about houses too, where they go like, has a contractor ever touched the house before? No, it's the same way it's been since the 50s. Perfect. Right. Right. Because if they're like, oh, there's been five or six different remodels. They're like, this is, I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah so that's what they're handing me, something that like. Yeah, because the people in the 50s are like, at least this will make sense. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. There was a way they did things and everybody did it that way. Yeah. We'll open the walls, we know what we're looking at. Yeah. Instead of just like what Todd decided to do in 83 and what <laughs> Jennifer decided to do in 91, yeah. right? It's freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like taking on some of these tough questions. I think it's fun to even at least get the dialogue going because it's so hard. And, you know, if you make your living at this, I think it's it's easy to ignore questions like this if you're not get, you're getting paid to do it. Right. Because when you get paid to do it, you're going to get notes from the publisher, your clients, right. you know, feedback from the audience, testing, like all that stuff. And so it's such a huge part of the job, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how do you navigate that? You right. know, it's easy when you're, a, well, it's easier when you're a student because it's not like you don't have to listen to anybody's feedback. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not like you're going to get fired for not listening to feedback on the short stories you've been writing. Right. Right. But man, once you're in that spot where you have to make changes because you're like, well, the next, the next round is due tomorrow. Right. And then tomorrow afternoon and then the next morning, like, how do you take feedback, push back on the right things, maybe think about the things that are bothering you and that you said kind of rings true and you're like, oh yeah, I guess that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a, that dance is no joke. It is no joke. You know, there was a guy at Warner Brothers during their heyday who got put in charge of the animation department and according to Chuck Jones, the man had no sense of humor at all. Like, why did they put him in charge? And they didn't know. And so uh, I guess Chuck Jones was sitting around drawing bulls and the guy came by and he saw the bull drawing and he was like, no cartoons about bulls. Bulls aren't funny. And the guy left and the writer, Michael Maltese and, and Chuck oh, Jones were sitting together and, and uh, they looked at each other and Chuck Jones says, well, he hasn't been right about anything yet. So, <laughs> and they made this cartoon, Bully for Bugs, which yeah. is hilarious. It's so good. But right. I didn't know that. That's the background. Of yeah. It? He goes, he was just drawing. As he was just kind no... of a, you know, up yours type of a. Well, yeah, the, because. Yeah, kind of that, but also it's like that guy gives terrible notes. Yeah, so if we do the opposite, we know it'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's all it's a hilarious. Yeah, cartoon. yeah, it is too. Yeah, yeah. but that's how it, he was like. He wasn't even thinking about doing a cartoon with bulls. He was just sketching. Uh huh. No that's funny. With bulls. Uh, well, that worked out. It worked out just fine. So, if they had listened to him, we wouldn't have that cartoon. Right. We wouldn't have bullies. That's hard, man. It's such a hard line between that and just hubris. Right. Yes. Because we also know those folks who they just like, well, I mean, because I did it. Right? right. Like that rich guy you said, right, where he's just like, no, I'm telling you it'll work. Right. Make it boring. You're like, I'm telling you it won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they've been so successful in other things. Yeah. Like maybe they were really successful with the hot dog stand they started and made a ton of money. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to understand how to make a motion picture. Right. Right. Or maybe you're a really good manager at this fill in the blank corporation that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best person to talk through notes on a film right right or a commercial or something else and it's tricky you know because like yeah that's one thing i I was going to talk about and i won't mention the director by name but he's a director i know right and he said that he saw he he listens to people which is great to listen to people i'm not against that but he said what he noticed was looking at the history of movies that when directors stop listening to people, that's where they go wrong. 
That's when things go off the rails. So that's why he listens to people. That sounds great. I don't believe it's true. Because usually the thing that put those people on top is not listening to people. Everybody told George Lucas Star Wars sucked. And he finished it and made it and it's Star Wars. Everybody told Coppola he didn't know what he was doing on The Godfather. Right? Oh, it's too dark. Oh, Marlon Brando shouldn't be in this movie. Fire Al Pacino. Right? And it's The Godfather. Tell Walt Disney, don't make an amusement park. Yeah. Don't make a feature-length cartoon. Nobody's going to sit through that. Right? So the idea that it's like, and those people didn't listen. Yeah. Right? And history is full of people who didn't listen. Right. Right? Now, all of those people had some success before they, you know what I mean? Right. You know, before Star Wars. Because you also have the person that goes, you know, literally you've told me stories about people like, yeah, they got this money. Instead of going to college, they used it to make a film. Oh, right. And you're like, don't make that film. There's these problems. And they're like, no, I'm not going to listen. Right. Right. Yeah. And the, but you were saying, I think the thing you just said a second ago is really important. They had success before. Right. You go into Disneyland. Right. Right. The fact that people didn't follow him into Disneyland is beyond me. It's beyond my comprehension. Elon Musk, same thing happens. Mm-hmm. You're like, all the stuff he did, you're like, yeah, but the next one, he's going to fail at. You go like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You talk about Chuck Jones or something. Like, or Hitchcock. It's like, these guys had a hard time getting money. You'd be like, why? Yeah, people thought Psycho was like, oh, yeah, I don't oh, be yeah. crazy. Nobody will come see Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's something that came before that. Right. Right? That made you go, well, you know. They're pretty good. They were building on something. Right. They were building on something. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to, I just don't want people to walk away from this and go like, yeah, that's right. Don't listen to Brian people. Brian said, don't listen to people. No, that's. The people you're talking about had put their, had their, I don't know, lick. They, 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 they. Yeah, they. They worked, they'd worked through some difficult things to show that they, they have competency. Right. right. Well, it wasn't Chuck Jones's first cartoon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. He probably already had a couple of Oscars. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how many cartoons he'd done at that point. Oh, yeah. But a ton of them. So he'd been working, what, since the 30s? And yeah. that was in the 50s. They made yeah. bullies for... Right? So... And he's talking about a perfect team. The two of them sitting together. I mean... Oh, Michael Moltes. Yeah, yeah. yeah those like, guys. forget yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. So they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So you do have to know what you're doing. But once you know what you're doing, I think it's fair... Yeah. ...to do the best job you know how to do. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And you can't listen to people who tell you Disneyland's going to fail or that you shouldn't make a feature-length cartoon. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. Yeah. It, it, no. It, yeah. Because often you, you if you have done your work. Yeah, because he should be able to go, well, what about the Mickey Mouse Club? Well, what about blah, 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 right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before those things. And you're like, it's not like he's a dope. Right. 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 He's yeah. got good instincts. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, Mickey Mouse was a huge deal. Like, yeah. he did a talkie. Did a sound cartoon. Nobody yeah. done that. Right. Right. Yep. He did that. And that was made Mickey Mouse a huge, yep. you know, star. So they and he went, bet the farm on that too. Yeah. Hitchcock gave, put up his house to make yeah. Psycho. Yep. He was, you know how long he'd been doing movies when he made yeah. Psycho? He started in the 20s. That was 1959. And a bunch of the, he had to use his, a bunch of people from the TV, TV show TV, to TV show the because, And because the other people, a lot of his friends want to do it. Yeah. Because it was, they're like, oh, this is, you crossed the line. Yeah. And he's like, okay. You don't just like, at what point do you go, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think Alfred's, you know, got a decent track record. Let's. Yeah. 
Why not bet on him? Right. And I assume- I'll pe- never understand that stuff. I assume that people said to all of those people, that guy really doesn't listen. Oh, sure. You know, Walt doesn't listen to reason making this amusement park. But if you look at Hitchcock, mm-hmm. right? When he was in Germany- Yeah. Who did he hang out with? Right? He was mm-hmm. hanging out with all the best all German the, directors. Yeah. All right? those, yeah. And he was asking advice. Like, so he was listening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To like Fritz Lang and like, right. you know, he was listening. Yeah. To a, to the smartest, to the people that really knew their stuff. Right. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, Billy Wilder thought that, that Paramount, when he wanted to go from a writer direct to director, he thought, they they think I'm going to fail. That's what he thought. So he, he wrote the most commercial movie he could think of, so it would make a lot of money. And then, <laughs> and it was, it was usually commercial, usually successful. Um, but he did that um, because they thought he wouldn't be able to do it. And yeah. then he could, be, but it was like he was a successful screenwriter. Like he made, he wrote a lot of hits for them before he was a director. Right. And I don't know why they didn't trust him. No, I don't know either. I don't get that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense it, to me. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. Um, but it happens a lot. But I think at a certain point, but you have to reach that point in your career. Yeah. You can't do it right away. It's a, it's a dumb thing to do right away. Right. But I think it's a dumb thing to do later. To, it's the difference to, between confidence and hubris. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Confidence comes from, well, no, hold on. This is my first rodeo. and Yeah. Right? Hubris is just, I'm a god and I can just walk through the, I know everybody else has to put in the work. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. And, but I mean, but seriously, that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's a tough one, you know? Yeah, it's tough. I mean... How many times have we been working on something or whatever, and then we have we have somebody who's newer to the craft that we're working with, and they'll throw shit at us, like... It'll be like, well, Brian, have you thought about this? And you look at him, and you go like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, no, I thought about that. And you go like, okay, you know, yeah. how do we have some patience with them? You right. know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to... Um, but at the same time... There being a clear line of like, hey, you know, I, I have I have thought about these things, right? And, you know, I, in fact, I'll tell you why I did it that way, right? I'm not just throwing darts, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times people, that's the tricky part is a lot of times people think you're throwing darts, right? Right? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people probably because if they didn't understand what Hitchcock was doing in Rear Window and stuff like that, which right. if they did, they would have never questioned making Psycho, right? Right? Like, if you really understood how good he was at his job, right? It's hard for me to go, well, right? Yeah. So, but if people think that he's just throwing darts and he gets lucky a lot, right? Then I can see people going, well, what if he doesn't get lucky? It's like, well, he wasn't getting lucky. You know what I've noticed about that? Those people don't have anything that they're really, really good at. I'm not knocking them for that, or they haven't found the thing that they're really good at. Because when you've mastered something, you believe that people can master something. Hmm. But when you haven't mastered something, you think everybody's faking. Huh. That's interesting. Right? Well, you just, they think the job is posturing. Hmm. But let's say your job has nothing to do with bicycles, but you're an amazing, whatever, road bike person. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I know that it matters if I change the gearing this way. And I know that it matters if I lose this way, right? Yeah. It's like you could see that that thinking would start to apply to other experts. Right. That's really interesting. So if you haven't mastered something, you don't know what it feels like, or you don't know what it looks like mm-hmm. to look at somebody and go like, I think that chef, I think that chef knows what they're doing. I saw a guy hanging posters today, the coffee shop. Yeah. They had ripped down all the old posters like this show's in town, blah, blah, blah. This guy was hanging posters and I've never seen anybody 
do it as well as that. It was amazing to watch. It was, and the, and the baristas were like, oh yeah, that guy, he's amazing. He had this way, he would take this blue tape, you know, uh, you know, um, masking tape and he would just rip, 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 rip. And he'd put it on his arm and it was that fast. Rip, 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 put it on his arm, take the poster, boom, 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 put it up, rip the next boom, boom, and put it on his arm. So he had him there and then he could just take them off and put them on the poster, take them off, put them on poster, take them off, put them on poster. But he had ripped them all the right. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. It was, it was smooth. It was. It was weird to watch a guy hang posters and be mesmerized by yeah. it. But I, I just stood there and I told him, I go, you're really good at that. And he was like, oh, thank you. know, but, and the baristas were like, oh, yeah, we love watching that guy work. Yeah, because uh, he's really, he he's, put in the time to be really good at his <laughs> to job. To be really good at it. I mean, I don't know if he likes it. Yeah. I don't know, but he, he is good at it. Yeah. And um, you can get good and at it. And immediately that. you could tell. Yeah. Anybody could tell. And I think anybody who really learns how to be good at something recognizes that that's a possibility. And other people learn how to posture. And they think that's the job. And I think they think that's what everybody else is doing. Right, you know? No, that's an interesting observation. I never, I never thought, like, that's, it sounds right. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounds right when I think about um, interactions I've had. But where you... It just, it's always, like if I had an amazing like electrician come to my house, mm-hmm. I was like, well, here's the problem. You know, it's the voltage. I, I would, I'd go like, oh yeah. Right. Okay. That sounds right. I right. don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's different than somebody comes in and is like, I don't even know how this stuff works. But if I had to guess, I'd guess. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, okay. All right. Right. Like right. usually there's a calmness to people that are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, there's a, more of a, a certainty, but it's not a... A showy thing. Like when I think about really successful people I know, whether it's in business or something else, there's usually just kind of like a quiet confidence of like, no, I hear what you're saying, but just remember, like, if you don't know your margins, you know, it's going to come back to bite you. Like, it'll be right. something like that and be like, oh, okay, well, yeah. right. They, they're probably not just pulling that out of a hat, right? right? And there's also, there's a confidence matched with a kind of humble thing too. It's a really interesting mm-hmm. thing. I don't see a lot of bravado out of people who really know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as much, um, unless they've needed to have it, right? If they're a woman who's needed to show that because people underestimate her, mm-hmm. or if a person of color who's needed to do that because people underestimate them, yeah. Then that looks like bravado to people who don't have to fight that fight, yeah. Right, yeah. You know, um, but they have to appear confident because people will, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's a different thing, and that's not necessarily about posturing. That's a that's another thing. Yeah, it's survival mechanism yeah. at that point. Yeah, but um, yeah, but you you have when you put in the time and you know you'll you'll start to. I mean, for me, when people I started talking and people who were pros would start taking notes, and I was just talking, mm-hmm. I started to understand that I knew something. Mm-hmm. And then when the best people were like, "Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that?" People who everybody would clearly go, well, that person knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by being humble, right? They were humble enough to ask for help. Yeah. But they were also good enough at what they did to go, I recognize somebody else who's good at what they do. Right. Right? The poster thing or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're confident in what they know. And part of that is being confident about or being clear on what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you have to understand both. Yeah. Or you don't have a clear, you, you're not 
it's not a clear picture of how good you are if you don't know what you're not good at. Yeah. You know, um, and that's a harder thing to find or to acknowledge about yourself, but it helps. Yeah. And um, I would always look for those things and find them and try to tackle them. Which is another thing that builds confidence and another thing that makes people crazy. Just taking them on. Well, yeah, just go, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to figure out how that works. Subtext was one of those things. It took me a while to figure out how to write subtext. How do I write the things that people aren't saying? And it mm-hmm. took me a while to figure out how to do it. And once I figured out how to do it, um, I actually find that some people know how to read it and some people don't. Hmm. So sometimes people go, well, this scene is really boring. It's like, well, it could be. If you don't know how to read subtext, mm. um, I guarantee you if I put actors in it, they, yeah. I get- this is the mom punishing her daughter for not coming home, whatever, right? Right. Like, oh, okay. But they, it looks like they're talking about- Whatever. Whatever, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Looks like, yeah. yeah. So, you know- Yeah, it looks like they're talking about the chicken they're eating. Right. It's not at all about the chicken. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, that's hard. Writing that stuff is ridiculously hard. You, you can, Once you figure it out, it's easy. Hmm. But you have to figure it out. So, but once you've done that work, yeah. and somebody goes blah blah blah, and you go, yeah, I know that's not true, yeah, because you've done the work, yeah, right, right, yeah, like, well, that's not true, yeah. They can say it till they're blue in the face; it won't make it true, right, right, because I faced that thing that I wasn't good at, and I got good at it, yeah. So you can't shake me, hmm. and people don't like it sometimes when you can't be shaken, yeah. They don't like it. No, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Why won't you let me shake you? It's like, because I, because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you could shake me if you knew what you were doing. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if, St- if Steven Zalian read one of my scripts and said, you know what's wrong with your script? I'd be all ears. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, sure. You know what I mean? If yeah. Gary Ross said, oh, you know, here's what's wrong. Yeah. I would be all ears. Yeah. Right? Um. And I would thank them. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, yeah. Frank Darabont could give me notes. Any all day, day long. All day. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll take sure. it. Um, but I, I think I would know where it was coming from. And what do you mean? I, well, I mean, I think that those people are craftspeople in the same vein that I try to be a craftsperson. And They're I, not just messing with you. Yeah. Or trying to prove some angle or... Or or have a different concept of what a story should be or how it should work. Yeah. I mean, I mention those guys for a reason because that's the level of work and the kind of work I try to do. Mm-hmm. And so I know that their notes would come from that place. Their notes wouldn't be make it darker. Their notes would be, well, I was confused here, mm-hmm. right? Or your your theme is muddy because you have this scene and this scene and that scene and that scene, and I don't know re- what you're really writing about. Mm. You know what I Or something like that. Yeah. That's, those are the kinds of notes you would get. I, yeah. I would imagine from those guys. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I don't know those guys. Yeah. But uh, that's what I imagine you would get. Um, and that's a note I can take because it, it's like I was saying to a friend of mine, it's like, it's an operating system. Mm. Right? And... It's like, okay, I'm I'm a PC, right? And yeah. that's my operating system. Yeah. So if you give me Mac. Yeah, shortcuts or whatever. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. It might work on another machine. It doesn't work on this machine, right? Yeah. And so the notes don't fit because yeah. like everything else is using this other operating totally system. Totally different. 
Yeah, language. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I think if you can find somebody who essentially speaks the same language, you're going to get better or more useful notes, mm-hmm. I should say. Better, maybe I shouldn't say better, but more useful notes. Yeah. I think. Help you get where you're going. Yeah. And if they're helping you get where you're going, then it's a good note. Then it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If it rings true, yep. good note. Yeah. Um, helps you go where you're going, mm-hmm. good note. Border confused, good, good note. note. Yep. Everything else is really going to be opinion. Yeah. And you got to have the wisdom to kind of navigate that. Yeah. You know, and if you trust somebody's opinion and you say, oh, yeah, I could see that. Well, you know, that's okay. You can evaluate the person and where they're coming from and whether or not, if they have a similar sensibility, then you can say, um, well, like for instance, when I made um, my, the short film about the movie theater, my editor thought that I shouldn't be in it. Because mm. I, I tear up in it, and he thought it was cheap, and we had a big fight about Not a big fight, but we had, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should do it. Um, but then when we screened it, everybody was like, that, well, that really worked. And uh, in fact, people thought it was brave and all these other things. Not, nothing that my editor thought, you know, he's a good editor and yeah. a good guy and a smart guy, but nothing he thought was going to happen, happened. And everything I thought was going to happen did happen. And mm-hmm. I've seen that happen enough where I go, I trust myself. Yeah. I'll put myself out in the line and I'll trust myself. Well, sink on your own ship. I will sink on my own ship. All right. All right. (laughs) I guess that's what we're going to do. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching You Are a Storyteller. If you have any questions or if there's a storytelling topic you'd like us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com. 